0: People that value making restitution, that means that in order for an apology to be sincere, the person who is apologizing should justify their actions and also talk about what they're going to do to make it up to you, essentially. Mm -hmm. So asking things like, just straight up, what can I do to make it up to you? Or I'll compensate you. I mean, maybe that's weird in a romantic relationship, (laughs) but it's like if a friend comes over and breaks something accidentally, that it's like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I'll compensate you the cost of your precious moments collection <laughs> I don't know. That, was, that was the first that was, thing that came yeah, to
1: mind that's great I love it if you're happy with the same old ways of dating
0: if you enjoy sucking at communication
1: and you have no desire to improve your romantic life then our podcast might not be for you
0: but if you want some out of the box ideas to deepen your current relationships broaden your sexual horizons develop a better understanding of yourself or
1: learn more about non-monogamy then you've come to the right place I'm Jace I'm Emily
0: and I'm Dedeker
1: and this is the multi-amory podcast
0: I know I did.
1: Forcing me to form to on this episode of the multi-amory podcast we're talking about the five apology languages
0: and it's with our old friend God, Dr. Gary Chapman!
1: Yes. Uh, you may recall that uh, episode 80, which is seems so long ago which now... It's been
0: 200 centuries by 200 now, 200 centuries ago, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, that we did an episode about the five love languages, which is something that most of you have probably heard of before, and it was created by a, a, a PhD of religious studies <laughs> uh, named a, a God doctor. Gary Chapman. We've nicknamed him God, Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, and what are, what are the love languages? Do you want to recap that so, for us? So,
0: yeah, love language theory is this idea that everybody gives and receives affection, and they have a particular preference in how they give and receive affection. Mm-hmm. Um, like, And it's almost like speaking your own particular language. And... So those particular ways, good old God, Dr. Gary Chapman broke down into five categories. Um, Acts of service, so as in like doing things for your partner, Mm -hmm. taking care of your partner in some way. Quality time... Which words is of, of yeah, on dedicated, dedicated time. you know, good one-on-one time. Um, words of affirmation, which is you know, verbal affection towards your partner, mm-hmm. physical touch that uh, doesn't have to be doesn't sexual. have to be sexual, um, but you know, hugging, kissing, petting, mm-hmm. cuddling, all those things, and gift giving. Yes, which is pretty self-explanatory. And so usually, everyone is going to appreciate receiving affection in all of the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually everybody is appreciates a mix of these things. However, you will find that there's probably one or maybe two that are a little bit more dominant for you than the other as far as what really, I guess, lands for you when a partner expresses it to you. For instance, like my top two are acts of service and words of affirmation.
1: And my top two were words of affirmation and touch. Yeah. So it worked out nicely that for the two of us, words of affirmation was in both of our top two, Right. and we're fairly close, so we have that one in common, whereas touch versus acts of service, by knowing that about the other person, it not only helps you to express your love for them in a way that they're going to receive well, but also helps you to understand if you're not, if you feel like my partner's not expressing enough affection for me, if you stop and think, oh, actually, maybe they are, they're just doing it in their love language, so it's not coming through. I found for me personally on both sides of that, even just with family members, Mm -hmm. understanding what they're... Love languages helps also to receive affection from them, even if it might seem to you like they're not showing it the way that you would. Right,
0: right. So, you know, the love language theory, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. it doesn't necessarily going to a- apply to everybody in all situations, but we found it is a really excellent tool to at least start a conversation with your partners. Yes. You know, it can be fun. They set up a little quiz. You can take the assessment. Um,
1: And it's free to do that online. Free you don't to have do to buy it. the
0: book. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a good starting point to you know figure out from your partners, like, what is your love language or what are your strong love languages? Oh, that's so interesting. And so that, you know, like, oh, maybe I should... Try employing more gift giving because that seems to land with my partner. Um, yeah. Anyway, you get the gist. So, yes.
1: so if you want to hear more about that, mm-hmm. go back to episode eighty. Yeah. Because today we're talking about something else.
0: Yeah. So, God, Dr. Gary Chapman also came up with um, an apology language theory, mm-hmm. and kind of the same thing applies. The idea that you want to hear particular forms of apology when somebody has done something wrong to you. That's going to land more than if they phrase it a different way or if they use a different tactic and same thing that you're going to default to apologizing in a particular way um, that may not land with your partner also.
1: Right. And that again, like the love languages, I found that in reading through these different types of apology language, all of them it's like, yeah, of course I want that. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. I want that too. But by doing the quiz and by looking into them a little bit more, you get a sense of which ones are the ones that matter most to you. And I've also found that in assessing this, it's also helped me to realize ones that I haven't gotten as much of in my life are often the ones that I put more importance on because they feel a little bit more significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually just reading an article about the word sorry, just in general. Mm. And in the article, and this is something I've, I've read other places as well, but essentially they're saying that the word sorry itself has, sorry, sorry, now, sorry? now the word sounds weird to me, <laughs> uh, that the word sorry itself has has lost its original meaning a little bit. That now we use sorry for... Sorry, I bumped into you, or sorry, my bag was on your seat, or mm. sorry, I didn't see you there, right. or uh, sorry, can I ask a favor, right? right. It, it's gotten this whole range of much more casual meanings and doesn't have as much of the meaning of, I'm sorry, I've made a horrible mistake. Can you please forgive me for this? I'm gonna repent for this, right? Like right. this more serious meaning, which I actually think is why acknowledging the importance of apology language is really important mm-hmm. because just saying i'm sorry has doesn't have that gravity to it right and if it's something like i bumped into you then mm-hmm. sure sorry yeah. it's fine mm-hmm. but this is about bigger things right. this is something much bigger much more mm-hmm. upsetting something hurtful that's happened if you actually want to repair this relationship mm-hmm. these are ways that you can phrase those apologies to get the maximum impact for them. And so they actually matter.
0: Right. So in the same way, uh, you can take an assessment online for free to figure out what mm-hmm. your apology language is. And I'll be honest, I've tried to take it multiple times <laughs> in the past and haven't gotten through it. Cause it's also, it's a little bit, it's not as uplifting as the love languages one is right. It it's, Cause little it's little all downer. about putting yourself in hypothetical situations where people have wronged you or hurt your feelings in some way. Yes. So it's a little bit more of a downer. And so I tried many times to get through it and then I never ended up getting through it. However, uh, Jason and I, when we had our last scrum last month, it actually came up, like, because mm-hmm. because we were having an argument about something not at all related, and I forget how we came to it, but we realized that, like, basically the way that one of us was apologizing was not landing at all with yeah. the other person, and and vice versa, that while both of us would feel like, oh, no, I've apologized, I've made amends, like, I've tried to fix this, I've said I'm sorry, but that the other person basically did not Pick up on that at all and that's when we realized like oh maybe there is something about this apology language thing and that was one of our action points from our scrum which if do you don't this. know what we're talking about go listen to episode 97 to learn more about scrumming in your relationship uh, so that was an action point in our scrum that we said hey let's go and both take this apology language assessment and then compare results and see you know if that gives us any clues that would help us figure this out in the future
1: yes yeah, so i've definitely looking back now here's here's the pattern that I would say to look out for that might indicate that you're having a problem with this apology language and it's a situation where something happened at one point it could be could be big or small and one person still is holding on to it saying I just wish you actually felt sorry for it. Or I wish you had actually apologized for it. And the, you know, I've been waiting for a real apology. And mm-hmm. the other person says, what are you talking about? I've apologized a million mm-hmm. thousand times mm-hmm. and it never seems to stick. Like you ignore it or you don't care. That's not actually what you want. What's the problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and this is something that looking back, I've, this has happened a number of times oh, yeah.
0: many on of either side at yeah. different
1: times. Yeah. Uh, and so this was kind of a cool realization to go, Oh Yeah. There's someone who's codified this a little bit right. and written about it. Right.
0: So, before we step into explaining the five different apology language, I'm going to start out by saying we are very sorry to all of our listeners because Emily's not here for this particular episode.
1: And we know that her voice is the real reason <laughs> that why you, you all come. In. That's why I keep doing this. I don't know why I'm here this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, Emily just had her wisdom teeth out. And. Yeah.
1: As funny as it would be to, <laughs> to, have, to have her drug Emily on the
0: show, we're not going to do that to her. If you're part of our private patron-only Facebook group, you would see that she posted a picture of herself yes. all chipmunked and Aww. that freaking brat she still looks like adorable yes. even with her face all swollen up. Yeah. But anyway, that's where she is this week. So, yes,
1: hope you get better quickly, Emily.
0: Okay. All right, so what's our first one here?
1: All right. So our first one is expressing regret. Hmm. So a lot of these are going to sound a little bit similar to each other. Yeah, there's some overlap, especially at first. And so what we tried to do is from the longer descriptions that God, Dr. Gary Chapman has on his website, we tried to get down to what are the core differentiating parts of each of these to make it a little more digestible. So expressing regret. The key here is that this it focuses on an emotional hurt. It's an admission of guilt and shame for causing pain to another person. Mm. Right. It's the, I wish I had done it differently. I wish I could go back in time and change Mm. it. I wish I'd said that a different way. I right. there's a a regret of not just, Oh, I hurt you, but also I wish I could have done it differently.
0: Right. And that,
1: that for this one and for people who this is their key language, that's the part of it. That's very important. I see. Is that, by saying, I wish I had done something different, or I feel regret about it, is the way that you indicate you're actually sorry.
0: Yeah, and that you actually feel bad about the actions that you took.
1: Right. Yeah. To To these people, it means that you take it seriously, mm-hmm, also. Mm-hmm. It means that this is something that you're not just taking lightly and trying to... Up, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, but if I would had to do it again, I'd do it again, mm, right? Yeah. That, that's sort of the key yeah. difference here, is saying, yes, I, I really genuinely... And
0: like, I genuinely regret hurting you, I genuinely regret doing something that right. hurt you or right. upset you, something like that.
1: Because I think that part of this is also, by showing that you regret something that you did, will also indicate to these people that you're not going to do it again, that it is something that you actually actively want to change. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is an interesting thing to look at as a commonality between all these different apology languages is that all of them have a component of expressing sincerity, Mm -hmm. sincerity,
0: sincerity. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I can't talk today. Apparently sincerity in truly, you know, feeling bad and apologizing for it. And then also a promise that things are going to be better in the future but they all go about saying those things in slightly differently different in slightly different yeah, ways. It's, it's
0: very subtle. It's not quite as cut and dry as the love languages, where right. it's like, clearly, these are very different Giving from each Giving a
1: other. gift and spending time are yeah,
0: different. Yeah, these, these are much more subtle. But mm-hmm. But now that we've kind of looked into them more, it's it really has opened up my eyes to like, wow, yeah. like this totally makes sense. This makes sense of a lot of situations and like arguments I've had in past relationships. <laughs> um,
1: so that first one was expressing regret. Yeah. Do you so take us to the second yeah, one? moving
0: on to number two is um, accepting responsibility. So for some people, the most important thing for them to hear is for the person they're arguing with to say, uh, I was wrong. And so that means that the other person accepts responsibility for their actions specifically. And Admitting fault, admitting that they, that they did something wrong. And that doesn't mean that it has to be, oh, it's all my fault or I'm the one who did everything wrong, but acknowledging your own part of, of the blame or your own part of things going wrong. So things like even just straight up saying, yes, I know I was wrong or I know that my actions or the, these specific actions were responsible for causing this to happen or I made a mistake.
1: And now I need to interject here because I think that for someone that this is an important apology language for them, I think those people are going to be more sensitive to someone apologizing for like, well, I'm kind of sorry for these sorts of things, but, but I'm not willing to take full responsibility. I just want to, be aware that that's something. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to counter interject on you <laughs> and I'm going to give some spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, this one is my strongest one <laughs> after taking the assessment. So, speaking as somebody who, where this really resonates with me, mm-hmm. at least the way that I personally feel is that I don't need my partner to say, you were right, I was wrong. Like, I don't need my partner to say, yes, I'm the one who did everything bad, I'm the only person who did something bad here. It's, it's, I don't know. Cause when I think about it, it's like when I'm in an argument and if both of us are able to be like, I was wrong, if both of us are able to admit to our part in it, okay. that feels okay to me. Like, I don't need it to be a one sided thing. But that's just me. Some people just may sorry. be more sensitive to, to, you know, some people may interpret that as trying to like dodge the blame or tr- try to not genuinely apologize or whatever. Right. But to me, that's not the case.
1: Maybe it's more that they would be more sensitive to, This not being totally genuine, which I think a lot of times can come along with that. Well, I'm willing to apologize for this little bit, but it's still mostly you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, And really
1: that's true with all of these is about being sincere about them, both in your body language and also the way you're, you know, the the words that you're saying, the way you're speaking, all of that.
0: Yeah, because we've all gotten that bullshit apology of like, "Well, I'm sorry that you got upset over this." Right. <laughs> or, That's not. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for what I that did. this is what you feel. I'm sorry that you felt upset. Like, right. I'm sorry that you know. We've all gotten that. And To, to be yeah. honest, I've used that bullshit apology in the past too. Sure. <laughs> so.
1: Well, and that is that is part of all of these as well. That mm-hmm. that these apology languages are about. Real apologies that you actually mean, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get into this a little bit more in some of the other apology languages as well. But this idea of there are certain there are certain things that are hard for us to take responsibility for because we've been culturally taught that you should only you know really accept responsibility for something that you feel like was morally wrong right. as opposed to just something, that, just hurt something somebody. that
0: hurt somebody. yeah.
1: Right. This, this thing of you were hurt by this thing I did. I wish I could do it differently. It didn't mean that I intended to hurt you, yeah. but that you can still apologize, you can still take
0: ownership of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, so number three is making restitution. Restitution. This sounds so legal.
1: I know it does. Well, what does it mean, though?
0: So, for the people that value making restitution, that means that in order for an apology to be sincere, the person that who is apologizing should justify their actions and also talk about what they're going to do to make it up to you, essentially. Mm-hmm. So asking things like, just straight up, what can I do to make it up to you? Or I'll compensate you. I mean, maybe that's a weird in a romantic relationship, <laughs> but it's like if a friend comes over and breaks something accidentally, that it's like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I'll compensate you the cost of your precious moments collection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, was that was the first so, thing that came yeah, to mind. Yeah, that's great.
1: I love it. <laughs> uh, well,
0: or I'm gonna, or this is specifically what I'm going to do to make this right with you.
1: Right. Or or asking what can I do to make this yeah, right can exactly. also be part of it. Exactly.
0: So it's it's like demonstrating actual effort towards fixing things and fixing the relationship between the two of you.
1: I also wanted to take a moment right now to point out that in this quiz, it's not just focused on romantic relationships. Right. In fact, a minority of the questions actually specifically deal with a romantic relationship. And a lot of the questions are phrased as being about your mother or your father or brother or sister or a colleague or a coworker or something like that, um, that there's only a few that are about a mm-hmm. spouse or a romantic partner. So you know, these things are more universal Mm -hmm, than that. mm -hmm, And again, mm -hmm. so compensating someone for something really depends on On the
0: context, what that
1: means. So for example, in a romantic relationship, it could be something like, I'm so sorry, I missed your birthday. Mm -hmm. Let me make it up to you by taking you away for a whole weekend or, you know, doing something to make up for that. Or in a work scenario, or again, if you broke something of someone else's, it could be monetary or it could just be, time or going out of your way to do something to restore that. Right. Restitution.
0: Restitution. 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 Okay. So moving on to the next one, which is genuinely repenting. And, yes. I mean, repenting is such a dramatic verb to use. And I was honestly when I looked at the list, I was wasn't sure. I was like, what actually is repenting? Really? At least what is repenting according to God, Dr. Gary Chapman?
1: (laughs) Right. So, so repenting, uh, is a very biblical term and (laughs) there is a lot of biblical language that's used in God, Dr. Gary Chapman's writings, which is why he's named God, Dr. Gary Chapman. (laughs) Uh, basically what repenting means is that Repenting for something doesn't just mean that you're sorry you got caught or Mm. that you're sorry someone got hurt for it, but that you're sorry and want to change your behavior, Mm. that you want to change yourself to do this. So, you know, in Christian terminology, it's the idea of... Going to confession every week for the same thing in the Catholic Church and then continuing to do it is not repenting. Mm. And that repenting is, you know, genuinely doing something to change yourself, to change this situation so it won't happen again.
0: So in practical terms, it could be saying something like, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do things differently in the future, or Mm -hmm. I know that I need to change this particular behavior, or I want to change this particular behavior, or these are the specific steps I'm going to take in order to change myself. So I guess it's, it's not just apologizing for what happened, but it's also talking specifically about how I'm going to take action to make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future.
1: Right. And so mm-hmm. the key difference here between some of the other ones, because like I said, all of them have this aspect of it won't happen again mm-hmm. as well as I'm genuinely sorry, that this one is more about taking specific steps. It could be asking the person to hold you accountable for not doing this right. thing again. It could look like.
0: It could be asking the person for help. Exactly. It could be like, I need your help. To you know, so that I can change this behavior or this habit, and Mm -hmm. then we, you know, maybe I we won't get hurt again in the future.
1: Right, and that's an interesting one too, because someone who values this apology language would hear that request for help of you. Can you help me to to do the right things to change Mm -hmm. and not do this again in the future? That to them that will be really meaningful, Mm -hmm. and oh, you're really genuinely interested in that. I appreciate that. Whereas to someone that doesn't value this language, that could be a well, why don't you figure it out? Like, yeah, I don't exactly. need to be the one fixing exactly. your problem, yeah. you know, your mistake that you made. So yeah. it is interesting to see how the same thing could be interpreted very differently right. depending on your apology language. Right. Right. And then our last one here mm-hmm. is requesting forgiveness. So requesting forgiveness is telling your mate or your friend or your coworker that you want to see this relationship restored that you want forgiveness. It's not just about fixing this problem, but that you want forgiveness and that you want this relationship to get back to a healthy place and back to yeah, a positive Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when
0: you come to someone and ask, can you forgive me? It's kind of a software of saying like, do you still love me or
1: yeah, do you still like me
0: or can you still care for me or can you still love me eventually? Um, and
1: this is a challenging one for people to do yeah. because asking for forgiveness is different from demanding forgiveness. Right. That asking for forgiveness makes it very clear in the asking that you don't have to.
0: And it's Mm. scary because
1: it carries with it a possibility of rejection Right of saying, I know that you don't have to, and maybe I don't deserve it, or you need time to think about it, whether you could even consider it. Mm. But if you would forgive me, that would mean a lot to me, that that's a a pretty hugely vulnerable place to to come from. And for people that this is their apology language, that's going to be hugely impactful and it's going to mean a lot to them.
0: Right, right. So, as we mentioned at the top of this, we both took this assessment. And yes. if you'll check in the show notes, you can find specifically where you can also go to take the apology language mm-hmm. assessment. And it's on the same website where you can do the love language assessment. So, you could just have a whole assessment party <laughs> to yourself if you want to. Um, so, my breakdown is that uh, basically you answer all these questions and then it assigns a total of 20 points kind of split up among these five different categories of apology and mine at the very top with 10 points with half of the possible points you could get wow. is, yeah. is accepting responsibility. So that's clearly a thing for me is, <laughs> is for somebody to admit that they were wrong or to admit the specific actions that they did that caused the hurt. Um, yes. And then we can move forward from there followed by well, with only five points expressing regret and then restitution and then repenting. And then I have a big fat zero with requesting forgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is so, interesting too. What,
0: what is, what's your breakdown?
1: Well, so my breakdown's a little bit different that I had two that were both my highest that had eight and seven. Mm. So they were only one point apart and that was making restitution. So trying to make things better, uh, fixing it and then expressing regret, which is that to me carries that sincere, I really do apologize for this, because if I could go back, I'd do it differently. Mm. I wouldn't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, and the, for me, those are very close to each other. The interesting thing I found, though, taking this test is that because I, I personally can't take any kind of assessment test without, in the back of my mind, trying to analyze it and like see how, it's working, see how it's working, trying yeah. to figure out what this test is uh-huh. getting at. And what I noticed was my answers changed quite a bit when the question was about something personal, like the example was someone forgetting an anniversary or, you know, saying something that offended me or something like that. I answered those very differently and tended to go more with the expressing regret, Mm -hmm. whereas the ones that were professional – like someone screwed up and made you miss a deadline or someone blamed you for a problem at work that was actually their fault. Like those types of things that to me, those I tended to answer more with making restitution of like, no, let's actually fix this. Hmm. That to me, there's a, a distinction at least in the way that I see those. So it's interesting that both of those results for me ended up fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if the questions were all more personal or all more work based if I would have skewed further one direction or the other.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really interesting insight for you though, to know that that in this professional sphere standards. you have different things that you value versus in your personal life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So you also have a big fat zero in request forgiveness is the yeah. other thing. So we have that in common. And I have a theory about this. Okay. And just hear me out. And <laughs> Because what it reminds me of is, so So I was raised evangelical Christian. Mm-hmm. You were raised evangelical Christian.
1: Right. And various Christians.
0: Various Christian flavors. <laughs> flavors, yes. <laughs> Something yes. like that. Um, and it reminds me of uh, a friend of mine who who is a writer now, and I read her blog, and she we were raised in the same Christian church, and she wrote a really interesting article about the concept of forgiveness. Uh-huh. Um,
1: I feel like I remember you talking about yeah, this. Yeah, and the- her talking
0: about how she also struggled with this idea, because she's no longer, I don't think she identifies as Christian anymore either, but okay. her really struggling with the idea of people asking for forgiveness. Um, and I think that it's because, like, in evangelical Christianity, like, you're so beaten over the head with the concept of forgiveness. Constantly, hmm. it's like, oh, forgive each other, forgive each other, forgive each other. Like, you need to forgive this person. Like, you have to forgive this person and let it go. That kind of the same way that you were saying at the beginning of the episode how the phrase, I'm sorry, has lost its weight. Maybe for ah. us, the idea of asking for forgiveness has also lost its weight.
1: That's interesting. Maybe. Because
0: in her blog, she talked about the fact that, you know, it just didn't make sense to her, the idea that when she was growing up in the Christian church, that people would be like, oh, well, somebody apologized, like you have to forgive them that to her, it felt like saying that you're going to scale Everest and doing it in the same day that for her, it was this learning process of like, oh, actual forgiveness takes a long time and can take a long time that it's not just something that you can just like grant or not grant. And it's a black and white switch that it's a little bit more organic and may take more time. Um,
1: I do want to point out though, that in this apology language quiz, there was one question in particular where the forgiveness answer did have that built into it, where it, it did say, and part of it was that, I don't know if you will or if you can, and I understand if you don't, and I know it will take a lot of time, Mm. but I'm going to start doing what I can to rebuild trust regardless of whether you forgive me or not. And I think that that is an important part to consider because maybe this is a big deal for someone, but they do struggle with it Mm, because mm -hmm. a lot of people are, are taught you know, like when you're kids and your exactly. sibling hurts you, you come tell your parents. The parents say say you're sorry. They say I'm sorry, and it's like, well, okay, it's done.
0: Now it's done, and you have to forgive. You just them have to move on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that that yeah. When it's just oh, I you know they took my toy away and now they gave it back is one thing, mm. as opposed to these kind of bigger things that could have longer-lasting impacts on your trust for someone right. or well, on wonder, your professional well, yeah, life. Yeah, no,
0: I wonder, maybe that is from some childhood conditioning, because, like, <laughs> if we are conditioned as children to, to equate, like, oh, once I say that I forgive my sister, then it's all done and it's, and it's off the hook and no one cares anymore. Right. And so maybe for some of us, it's like, well, no forgiveness is bullshit. Like (laughs) it doesn't mean anything. You know, I'd rather actually see restitution or repentance,
1: but I could see that not being specifically Christian is what I'm getting at. That that it could also just be the way that we're taught to accept apologies as children. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that makes sense. All it
1: should take is that I'm sorry. Whereas what to me, and again, mine being making restitution and expressing I'm sorry, expressing regret as my highest ones, that the theme that I see in all of these is that they have an element of some kind of indication or guarantee that things will be different in the future, that it's not just going to keep repeating, which I think is also Mm -hmm. relevant to that That. Distrust of forgiveness <laughs> because yeah, it implies that, that things could that, just that go that back to Just by to saying how they you were. forgive
0: them, then it's yeah. then it's they get off scot free or whatever.
1: I feel like we could do you know whole psychoanalysis sessions with everyone Gosh, on yeah. why they're you know get to the bottom of why. But really, what matters about this quiz <laughs> is just getting some insights into what things matter for you, right? And that perhaps understanding these things about yourself can help you to ask for the types of apologies that will really make you feel better and help you to move forward and restore your relationships. And then on the other hand is understanding this about a partner could also be, you know, a very helpful thing in the way that you communicate with them, which is why we did this. Yeah. For
0: instance, if a partner comes to you and maybe their strongest apology language is requesting forgiveness and they come to you and ask for forgiveness. And if you are like us and have a big fat zero in forgiveness, Uh um, that, to you, it's like, whatever, that's bullshit, I don't care. But if you know this about your partner, you can at least recognize, oh, like this carries a lot of weight for my partner, though.
1: Yeah, and for so them I, to apologize in this for way. For them to come
0: to me in this way, I understand that. And so, of course, again, like with everything, it's not gonna be perfect, it's not gonna solve all your problems, but it is a good tool to, to, um, you know, to jumpstart a conversation between yourselves and your partners. Um, about apologies and about what makes the most sense and what's going to be the most effective when it does come time for you to apologize for messing up.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't mean that just because you apologize the right way, it's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes things can't be fixed, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Not to end on too much of a downer here. Well, I
0: was going to say your other alternative is just to not make a mistake ever again. Uh,
1: I see. And probably the best way to do that is to listen to all of our podcasts. Well, <laughs> oh, we can't crate. give that no, guarantee. That's, that's, that's
0: too much. Yeah, that's too no, much no liability there.
1: <laughs> well, multi takes no responsibility for all the mistakes all the you're going to make. mistakes that you make.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we bringing this home? Yes. Okay. If you would like to have your question or comment played on the show, if you want to call us up and share with us what your apology language is, you can call 678-MULTI. Zero five yeah. or you can send us a voice message on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at info at com, or you can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and to join our private Facebook community, you can go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today
1: to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were
1: getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.